Welcome to the Popcorn for One fortnightly podcast. Grab your popcorn and make sure you're sitting comfortably. Popcorn for One is about to review some classic and not so classic films for you all to enjoy. It may even want to make you watch these films yourself. I hope you've all had a fantastic fortnight. I have. The sun's been out. It's been lovely. I've seen people. It's just been good. Feels like everything's turned the corner, really. So hopefully this podcast will turn a corner too. Um, let's have a quick run through about what we're going to be chatting about today. Obviously, first of all, we're going to be going through the trailers that have come out in the last fortnight, any film news, any gossip that's been going around, and maybe some gossip about films that have been filmed locally as well. Um, then we're going to have a run through of what I've watched in the last fortnight. It's quite a list. There's a right old mix in there of stuff on Netflix, stuff on DVD, and stuff in the cinema. We're then going to talk about the box office for the last two weeks, plus what you've all been streaming, and then we'll be having our big review for the fortnight. So without further ado, let's move on shall we so i'm here to talk about the news the news will now be changing going forward um i used to have the news on these episodes um that went on quite a while and used to go through everything that had happened in the last fortnight obviously um some of that would have been over two weeks old by the time you heard it i know that's my fault for having a fortnightly film called podcast but still it's more of a mm, do you want to hear all that you all probably know it so it's going to be more of a rundown of things that have happened locally or big things that have happened that we can have a bit more of a discussion about and then also letting you know what new trailers have come out in the last fortnight so then you can go on YouTube and you can find them so that would be good. Um, the local news in the last fortnight is that Bill Nye has been filming a film about five minutes down the road. Uh, it's the exact same place where Harry Styles was a couple of weeks ago so that's quite cool. It's just a shame what I find out about this stuff like after it's happened. Which is sad because you know, I'd love to go meet Bill Nye on the Lido and just be like, ah, hi, he's playing for Grabham's. We, it's the same place, um, you know, in Stan and Ollie where they did a beauty contest, he was filming there. And in Stan and Ollie, they make it look all old fashioned and all of this, but it's not actually that much different to how it actually is. I mean, I've not been there for a while because it's mainly for little kids and I haven't got any little kids, but. That's what's down there. So he's been filming there. So that's been quite nice. Um, film trailer-wise, um, the new Fast and Furious trailer has got um, Vin Diesel talking all about family in it. And I got quite emotional in the cinema watching that. I was like, oh. And I texted my friend when I left the cinema, please tell me you've seen that Fast and Furious trailer. Yes. Okay. That's good. That's very, very good. So that's all right. Uh, I've also seen a trailer for In the Earth, which I think comes out this Friday. So you can all watch that and then decide, no, I'm not going to a horror film. Um, there's, there's been lots of updated or longer versions of trailers this week. So there's new Luca trailer, which is now available on Disney+. Plus. There's a new one for Free Guy. There's been more Black Widow. There has been more Fast and Furious 9. Um, another Gunpowder Milkshake trailer. Uh, we also have the trailer for The Tomorrow War. Um, that looks quite interesting. I'm not sure where I get that in the UK, but that's good. And there's also Snake Eyes G.I. Joe, the Origins movie. Um, that's probably not going to be my cup of tea, but I know it's got a lot of people that do like those films and do like that. So 
I'm glad that everyone's getting all of that. Um, and we also have the new version of the old trailer, which looks good. I think that actually came out on the Wednesday, and I managed to sneak that in last time into my review. So that's that. Um, there hasn't actually been anything major, major, I would say. We did the whole AMG, uh, MGM being purchased last time. Um, it's more just waiting for things to move forward so we can find out, ah, oh, more film dates, more this, more that, um, and just move on from there, really. Um, so that's this is roughly how the news is going to be going forward. Obviously, if something big happens, like, ah, oh, um, the new Jurassic Park trailer drops and we all sit around, we all watch it and we all go, oh, my God, I'm we will have a discussion about the feedback to that and what goes on um but yeah that's really been it from news that's actually the shortest news i've ever done but this is what we're going to be doing going forward talking trailers talking stuff locally and talking huge things so let's move on now for a bit but i always absolutely love doing every fortnight i know i like doing my big review and just having a chat and allowing people to hear me and hear my opinions um but i absolutely love looking back at what i've watched in the last fortnight and doing a rundown for you um so let's have a count up one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen films one film a day wow that is pretty impressive, especially with the fact there's been a lot of football on and a lot of stuff on. So I've done well. I've done very well. I've watched a lot of films. Let's get chatting, shall we? So we started off, I had this hankering to watch Catch Me If You Can. So I haven't seen it in a little while in full from the start. Um, so I decided, ah, now you know what? I've got a our evening three. Oh, there's nothing on football's not started yet. Let's watch Catch Me If You Can. And this is my opinion. It's probably an unpopular opinion. I believe it. Catch Me If You Can is actually a Christmas film. So I've actually watched it at the wrong time of year. And I'm so sorry about that. I really am. Um, Hanks and DiCaprio are absolutely amazing. So Sheen and Walken. Is it? Yeah, it's Martin Sheen. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll get to why that's confusing a minute. Um, <laughs> my bad. Um, Amy Adams, it, it, it's her setup. It's just, you just watch it and just think, how did this actually happen? Nah, nah, no way, no way. And then you realize it did all actually happen and that this was an actual story. You just think, oh my God, wow, he did all of that. And it's proper coming of age filming for DiCaprio. He's no longer the teenage heart from in this. He's actually a serious actor. I think it was the first time people actually thought, actually, there's more to just the floppy hair there, isn't it? Yeah. So good on him. And Hanks, obviously, is the greatest of all time. So the fact that it's the modern greatest and the ultimate greatest in the same film, it's got to work, hasn't it? It's just brilliant. Um. And then I went to the cinema, which while you were listening to the last podcast, I was seeing A Quiet Place Part 2, which I'm going to skip past because that is this fortnight's big review. Ooh, yay. Um, then I went and saw Nobody. Um, that is um, Bob Urka and... Urka? Urka? Yeah. Um, a guy from Better Call Saul. And it's basically John Wick on a budget. And it... It delivers being John Wick on a budget. It's really good. Um, the bit on the bus is actually quite relevant to what's been going on in the world, especially in the UK recently. 
okay, it's the extreme version of that, but still, um, that was a really interesting scene. I'm glad it was in one. Like the fact we don't also meet the baddie until a long way through, and it's only because of his actions that this person suddenly becomes a baddie. So that's interesting. Uh, there's some absolutely brilliant depths in it. Um, there's some there's people that you think, oh, you've got balls to do that. I know you're an actor and everything, but still, that takes a lot of guts to do that. Um, so, yeah, if you like your John Wick kind of films, this is definitely for you. You will enjoy it. Um, and then um, shout out to uh, Radio One's Ali Plum, who was busy talking about how Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is ridiculously underrated and was busy screen grabbing it. So I thought, well, you know what? I haven't seen that in ages. I will watch a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I did, and I forgot how good Sam Rockwell was. I am always shouting out about Sam Rockwell. You know that. I know that. Um but I forgot how good he was in it, and he's completely off the rails, as you expect Rockwell to be, and he's brilliant. And I know it's probably because I like Rockwell and I think he's a brilliant actor, but I always think the rest of them now when I watch that film are just there to support Rockwell. I'm like, oh, okay, oh, okay. I should be concentrating on Martin Freeman, and I don't actually. This story is all right. Um, I like the fact that we've all got to come up with answers for number 42. Um, and Alan Rickman is a depressed robot. It's beautiful. Whoever cast that did an epic job. And obviously, there's fish. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Do, 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 do. Good old dolphins. Gotta love a dolphin. Um, then, and we'll get to the next bit in a minute, um, I've been watching, as I said last time, I've decided to watch all the Twilight films. So I watched New Moon, which is why I got my Sheens muddled up a minute ago, because obviously I've seen my art in Sheen and Michael Sheen. No Charlie Sheen. Um, but I saw New Moon. Everything that I'd learned in the first one, I didn't need a little bit, apart from the fact that one was still like a bit like, ooh, bloodthirsty. Um also, um, she sat there for a whole three months in the chair and while well, she was depressing, just let the world spin around her. That was a bit, hmm. And once again, it was a film that didn't actually get and get going anywhere until like the last 30 minutes of the film. And then it just went a thousand miles an hour and you just thought, oh my God, what's going to happen now? I mean, it stopped again. It was like, Is this always going to be the case? You can do this in every film where you don't actually build anything up until it gets to the end. I mean, even for cool, other bad vampire died this time. Well, I bet, but Victoria's going to turn up again in the next one. I was sitting there thinking, going, ah, oh, she's literally going to turn up and do one thing and then something else will happen and then she'll turn up in the next one and do one thing. Yeah, it's getting a bit predictable, but a bit, oh, okay. Um, but any film with Michael Sheen in is always good. Um, but... The rest of it, they're all just so, and they're teenagers, and no teenagers are miserable and depressed all the time, but they're really miserable and depressed all the time. Um, so that was my opinion on New Moon. It was a slight improvement on Twilight, I'd like to say, but we've still got work to go. Um, the next film I saw is Una, um, and that is available on Netflix. It's a Ben Mendelsohn film. He plays a much older guy who, when he when he meets his friend's daughter years upon years ago, when she's like 11, 12, and 13, um, he then basically, he doesn't groom her, but he, yeah, 
Yeah, if, if I'm almost to be family friendly, I can't say what he does, but she's now an adult and she's then gone to, she's tracked him down and wants to know why he did what he did to her and then realises what their relationship was built on then and whether it's still built on that now and how everything's changed and how his life has moved on. Uh, Riz Ahmed's also in it. It's pretty awkward at times and you sit there and you think, oh, I don't want to watch this. And you're, but you can't not watch it because you're just sitting there going, wow wow oh my god and it's heartbreaking at the end in every way imaginable because it basically ruins everyone's lives and you just think oh no 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 and yeah uh i if you do a little bit of research on it but not too much because don't you find out exactly what does happen you should watch it if you think you're up for that without me like saying on something that's more family friendly that it's it gets grim and there are pl things that people don't want to talk about but they do happen in the world so they do need to discuss it <sighs> so yeah that was una then i cheered myself up joke and i watched the father anthony hopkins winning his oscar olivia coleman being amazing um and it was epic i always take films with um dementia a little bit too close to home a bit too um close to my heart because of my grandpa and knowing exactly what we went through with him and what my grandma went through and what we all had to do and what we were trying to put into place so yeah, that, that these subject matter films always make me extremely uh emotional i think it made everyone in the cinema quite emotional because when the film finished after the most heartbroken 10 minutes at the end of the film possible, no one moved. Everyone just sat there and you could just hear the <gasps> people sniffing and still trying to calm themselves down because it was horrendously heartbreaking at the end, which uh, the other Olivia, not Coleman, should have actually got a Best Supporting Actress for for that last 10 minutes and her other bits throughout the film. It's just the way that it's not coherent as well is absolutely stunning because it's actually in the mind of someone with dementia so that is amazing um uh, it wasn't it wasn't until the last 15 minutes of the film when i thought he was actually acting i just thought he was just being anthony hopkins with the rest of it just doing things out of order if that makes sense you knew he had dementia but you thought he was just doing it a bit out of order it wasn't till the end but he was doing that um I think Riz deserved it more because he had to learn how to drum and he had to learn sign language and it's entirely him and it's what he put into it. I, I think Riz deserved the Oscar ahead of uh, Hopkins. It's not to say that Anthony doesn't deserve an Oscar, um, but personally Riz's performance is the grander, better performance. I'm sorry, Sir Anthony. Um, but if you want to know a bit more about dementia this will obviously help you obviously it's probably a good idea to actually go onto the dementia um website and have a read up on there before you watch it because then it can explain the stages of grief that people go through with it which i would recommend everyone in the world actually does at some point because it could happen to anyone and it's not nice <sighs> then i did actually cheer myself up and i watched air force one bit of gary oldman bit of Harrison Ford saving the world on the plane. Uh, it's mad it's out there. It, not a lot of people like it. It's looking very dated now, but it was on all four. So I was just flicking the channels and it was on. I was like, well, football's finished. I will put that on. 
It's good. Harrison Ford's an action hero. Everything kicks off. Uh, Gary Armour's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant accent. And uh, Zonda Barkley's in it. And I've still not got over Zonda Barkley's death from 24. Um, so whenever he turns up in anything, I was sitting there like, do I hate you or do I love you? I can't remember. But you made me cry for about four days when you died. Sorry, spoiler alert, in 24. So, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, I then watched a film called Awake from 2019 on Netflix. I know there's recently been a film on Netflix called Awake that's been released in like the last month. It's not that one. This is about a guy who wakes up from a car accident who's got amnesia. Didn't have good reviews, but it was all, it was quite, it said it was going to be a thriller and it was a bit psychological and it's, you've got to put bits together. So I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. And it was being average to forgettable majority of it then something that would happen you think oh, okay oh, okay and then it got to the end where there's a big final show and you thought oh oh this is cool yeah that's good and then the show happened i mean you had all the exposition at the end with all the flashbacks which probably should have appeared a bit more throughout the rest of the film before that but the film is atrocious for one reason and one reason only there's a point where the main guy in it is busy Googling to find stuff out so then he can work out why he's linked to all these deaths because he's been framed for all these murders. And he Googles something and he ends up on his page to find out who he is. And it comes up that he died in a house explosion on June 31 of. So that's June 31 TH. Not June 30th, the TH, or July 31st, June 31 of. And at that point, I went, this film has lost me because I'm no longer taking it seriously because I can't even get a date right. I know I'm not good at spelling. I, I sometimes leave things out on my blog or my grammar's a bit bad every now and then. But in a film where that's appearing on your actual screen, like around a person's face while they're Googling it, and it says that, and it's not even on for like two seconds. It's on for about 10 seconds. That's bad. That's horrendous. That's not worth doing. Don't watch Awake. I worked out within two minutes, well, not two minutes, um, two, one minute after seeing the capture, it does all commit all murders, that they were a person that connected all murders. So it wasn't that much of a suspense. It was just as to why. Um, and then I went to the cinema to see the hitman's wife's bodyguard. Went to the local cinema in Worthing. Um, I saw two trailers that were more entertaining than the film. The actual trailer for this film is more entertaining than the film. The first time they repeat a joke from the first one, you think, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time it gets to the fifth, you go, mm, okay. And it just keeps going, and the bad guy's not good enough. The guy that's in all the um, Marvel films isn't, not Samuel L. Jackson, uh, the one that's uh, Crossbones um, from... Uh, What's it? Winter Soldier. He's in it. He's just predictable. There's such bad stereotypes. And the first one, it was okay to start with because you thought, oh, okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, this, blah, blah, blah. And then you just sit there and you just think, it gets towards the end and you just think, was that it? Are we done? Oh. I mean, the thing they were going to do to blow everything up was interesting and fun, but no way would that have done what it did. And it's just... Yeah, don't see it. Please, well, see it. You might find it funny. I did laugh at bits, but it was bits that I laughed at in the first one. The first one was much more enjoyable. It just felt, felt like they mashed it all together because they thought people might want to watch it. Um, I then saw In the Heights at 11.30 in the morning on a Saturday. 
um, with one other person in the cinema with me, which always freaks me out a little bit. It's better, I think it's better to be on your own in the cinema than it is to have one other because you just went, mm, that's weird. I mean, um, who, who were, if you were the one on Saturday at 11.30 in screen six at Brighton City World, let me know. I'll tell you all my addresses at the end. Um, and let me know if you think it's weird that you're the other only one in the cinema with one other person, because I do. Um, it was beautiful. The songs were amazing. The storytelling was brilliant. Um, and there's been a lot of controversy about the fact that there's not as many lead black Latin Americans in it, and it's mainly white people, what white Latin Americans that are in it. Um, but as far as the story and it being compelling and the songs working and the way it just flowed, and at no point were you sitting there going, like, hang on, what's happened here? Why has that gone on? Why is this? And you could see a little bit, oh, okay, yeah, this is going to have this kind of ending and that from it. But there are bits halfway through which do then throw spanners in the way. And you just think, oh, okay, now that's not going to happen then. So when it does pay off, you do think, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. That's all right. Um, I cried twice. Um, I wanted to get up and start singing at one point. And I thought, no, that's not fair on the other one. Mainly because of the song they keep using in all the extended long versions of the trailer, and the trailer is really good. Um, and I just had a blast watching it, and I left the cinema, and I felt really happy, and I felt really positive about the world and everything that's going forward. And I think that is what musicals should make you do. They should make you think, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's good. You want to come out of the theatre being happy because you spent all that money. So a musical on a big screen should make you want to do that as well. Um then I saw the next Twilight film, Eclipse, and it's improved. It randomly had bits of drama throughout. It up the stakes every now and then. Okay, there's still a lot of moping around going, eh. uh, lots of staring. Um, and oh, Jacob just doesn't understand that he's third wheeling. And there's bits and there's stuff to do with consent in it, which is good, I guess. But it was just like, no, no, because you're just trying to make her love triangle happen, even though it is quite clear that she is always going to pick Edward over Jacob. Um, the police are a bit weird. Um, no, Michael Sheen. Um, but no, this was a much more rounded story. Maybe it's because I've learned about what everyone now does and I know everyone in it. So it's more of a case of, oh, okay, I get this now. I see where we're going. And then when it started having all these new vampires that didn't know how we learned about their back history as well, it was like, okay, this is good. And it was, it all just came together. I'm not going to say it's an amazing film, but it's the best one I've seen so far out of all the Twilight ones. So is it worth sitting through the first two to get to number three? Yeah, I think it might be. Although the first one drags on so long and it's so grey. But this one, it is starting to get a bit better. Um, then I watched In Time uh, from 2011. Um, I was feeling watching a bit of Killian Murphy and I was sitting there going, do I want to cry watching Dunkirk? No. Do I want to watch all uh, Batman film for literally him to go deaf by exile, which I can watch on my phone whenever I want? I was like, no. Um, do I want to watch horror? No. Do I want to watch psychological horror? Thriller? No. Do I want to watch Free Fire again? No. So it I kind of had to be in time. Um, I know lots of people don't like in time, and I can see why, because it is such a brilliant idea. It's just 
not very well executed. It then just goes into kind of like a teen kind of film. Uh, if you've not seen in time, um, everyone is genetically engineered to have a body clock put on them. So when they reach to the age of 25, they get one more year to live unless they earn more time. Time is in your currency. Um, so Justin Timberlake's character wakes up every day with a one day left on his clock and he then goes to work to earn more time or asks to borrow some and things like that. And he ends up um, inheriting money from someone that's worth like over a thousand years. Uh, but Killian Murphy's character um, is in charge of making sure that people don't have more time than they should. Um, so he chases after him. He is not actually a villain in this. He's just actually doing his job. I'm not just saying that because he's killing my feet, but it's true. Um, it's um, Amanda Seyfried's um, dad that's a villain because he, he's one of the people that can live for millions of years and do whatever he wants. And he's sitting there busy going, like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do that. Blah, 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 blah. Um, it's also quite weird that everyone's the same age. <laughs> Everyone in the film is an actor between the age of, like, 20 and 30 apart from Killian Murphy is probably about 40 but the man is forever gonna look like he's 25 which is brilliant um and it's awkward and it's not that well put together but it's just oh, okay yeah well, I get you that's fair enough um so I can understand why people think it's a bad film um but I always enjoy it and when I watch it I just think yeah yeah this is all right this is all right when it gets to me and I just think oh, why do you end like that no 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 um, so that was that. Um, and then finally, yes, well, not yesterday, it's yesterday for me right now, but on Sunday night, um, it was Father's Day and I've been out, well, I've been up to my parents and I've seen my sister and I've seen my brother-in-law and I've seen all my family and it was my dad's birthday and Father's Day on the same day and I came home and I was just like, I just want something which is going to be intense but easy watching. Um, so when I moved out, I didn't own Gladiator. I've recently purchased it on DVD, so I sat here and I watched Gladiator. And that speech about my name is Maximus Meridius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, I will have my revenge in this life or the next, is still one of the coolest speeches ever. It really is. Um, it's just fantastic. It's amazing. And it is reason I am a film buff. I remember being about 10 or 11 at a friend's birthday party and they put on Gladiator um, and they all started falling asleep or not bothering to watch it and I sat there and I watched Gladiator. I watched it all and I didn't watch it again until I was probably about 23, 24. I didn't have that's a long film. I've seen it once. It's fine. Um, it's, it's wonderful. It really is a modern great. It's 20 years old now, which is really... Well, it's 21 years old now. That's quite scary. But it's fantastic. Russell Crowe's amazing. Phoenix is amazing. And you just sit there and you just watch it. It's just so well-crafted and brilliant. And you can't deny it's on hell of a story and deserved all the Oscars it got. So that is my 14 film run through. It's gone on quite a while. It's a good thing I had a very short news, wasn't it? Um, let's move on to something else, shall we? Thank you for all listening to that. Like I said, I like to go on when I do my run through. I really do. So what has everyone been watching for the last fortnight? I know I'm pretty intrigued and I reckon you all are too. So let's start with the boring one, shall we? Let's start with what people have been watching at home and buying and streaming and 
actually downloading. Um, once again, it is Zack Schneider's Justice League, the four-hour version. Um, that's number one, followed by Godzilla versus Kong at number two, A Quiet Place, the first one at number three, Tom and Jerry at number four, and Raya and the Last Dragon at five. The remainder of the top ten includes Wonder Woman 1984, Chaos Walking, Two Hearts, Tenet, and more importantly, for the first time ever, in at number seven. I know I've done it out of order, but I don't care. At number seven, for the first time ever since they started doing official charts, the Indiana Jones films are at seven as a complete box set. I think it's the first time you can get it as a four-piece, and you can stream them all on iTunes together. So that's pretty impressive. That's good on them. I think, obviously, the news of Indy 5 has made that go up. Um, other movers this week, um, Soul has re-entered the chart. Um, so has the Hitman's Bodyguard because of Hitman's Wife. There's, yeah, there's been quite a few things re-entered. The Lost Boys. That's weird. That's entered the back at number 19 in the charts. So that's pretty wow. Uh, Le Mans back in there. Um, we also have The Nice Guys. I think that was because that was appearing on um, Film 4 recently. But, yeah, it's been a right old all over the place. Uh, Fast and Furious is still in there. Um, Willy Wonka's gone back. And so has uh, Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom. So that is what you've all actually been buying now let's see who has been joining me at cinema club um and it looks like much like me much like my big review of week which is why it's going to be this and not uh, in the heights um is a quiet place part two it has topped not only the box office chart for the first week for week 23 but it has also topped the week for week 24 so week 23 was the fourth to the sixth and 24 was the 11th to the 13th again i still don't know why we don't take into account a whole week's worth of film takings it's weird we don't do it for three days but a quiet place part two has been top um i will run through now the remainder of the top five for each of them in order so week 23 which was the fourth to the sixth was a quiet place with five million dollars then peter rabbit 2 with 2.8 then Cruella with 1.8, then The Conjuring with 1.4, and then Dream Horse with 290,000. Um, that's a bit, it suddenly drops off when you get to number five, and then there's a few more around that, but once you get out of top 10, no film makes over 100,000 um, pounds. There was a Lion King re-release, there was a Thomas and Friends film, um, After Love, um, some also re-released um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy that was available at a few cinemas, so that was interesting. But yeah, A Quiet Place entered at number one, and it did really well that first week, so good on it. Obviously, word did spread, but not enough to make it a huge amount in the second week. Uh, the second week, um, it made 1.8 million, so overall that's made seven, nearly, yeah, seven, hang on, because it was five point, no, it's just five, so six, so yeah, it's made about seven million quid in the UK so far, which is pretty good. Um, Peter Rabbit 2 is at two still with 1.1, then it's Cruella with one, then it's The Conjuring with nine, Nine Then in fifth place is Nobody, which is 810,000. And then normally I would just run over the restaurant and just give you a shout. But the father also entered at 5.6. Um, um, there wasn't much else that was new that week. Uh, Manabi, Bait, I think that was about it. Um, they finished much more down. Oh, they re-released Fargo for the anniversary as well. So that's roughly how that happens. I'm very glad that the father and nobody both made the top 
10. Um, nobody as well opened on Tuesday, which is very weird. And I can understand why um, people haven't gone and seen the farmer, which obviously I've chatted to you about already. Um, but that is what people have been going to the cinema to do. So it's leveled off. It'll probably pick back up again this week when we get to the chance. We've had a couple of kids' films that have been out over the weekend. We also had In the Heights, which I've chatted to you about. Um, so that's good and then next week we fully expect it to be fast and furious as top by a long way because everyone's waited a very long time for that uh, i've had a friend that's like ah she can't wait to go so that's quite good so that is your review of what's happened in film in the last fortnight and yeah it's it's all been about a quiet place so i think we should chat about it don't you time for the big review of the fortnight which is a quiet place part two um first of all this probably could have been in the heights um the reason why it's not is because it's only just come out and i know there's a few people that really want to see it and don't actually want too much of an opinion on it yet um i know there's a few lin-manuel miranda fans that listen to this and just go oh ah. so i don't want to ruin it for them um i also because this has been top of both the box office weeks in the last two weeks and you've all seen it and it gives me a chance to talk a bit more about it um i won't spoil what happens in this film but there will be a spoiler to what happens in quiet place part one um and that's going to be that uh so i also need to talk to you first before we get on to it about me and my relationship with horror films i don't have much of a relationship with horror films i've always avoided slasher films and even spoof slasher films and horror and anything scary in cinema um, when that snake leaps out in harry potter seven part one it's just like eh, eh, i hate it um that's that's scary enough so i don't do horror and i had about six or seven people say to me when the first one came out when you like only black films you like films with a good story and you love cinema go and watch a quiet place just be brave just go and watch it so i went and paid three quid at the connaught to go and see it which is not one of our local cinemas it's reopening actually next week woohoo um so I went and I sat there in the spring with my coat and my scarf and hid from it and watched it. But after about 10 minutes in, took the scarf off my face and opened my hand slightly and actually started watching it. I went, you know what? This is rather good. And so I've really since then got into quite psychologically dark films and more of that kind of horror. It's probably actually worse horror than actually someone chopping someone's arm off or a shark attacking you or a slasher film. Um, but that's the kind of horror I like, horror that tells a story and horror that actually affects how you feel. So I blame A Quiet Place for the fact that I watch horror films. So that's why I watched the first one again and that's why I've been so looking forward to the second one. And it has so been worth the weight i mean it's stunning you watch it and you just feel <gasps> you're just so connected and it was a hottest day of the year and i went to the cinema and there was still about 50 people in the cinema 50 60 odd people i'd say it was um two first four of the capacity it could actually have and i'd seen it about a week after it came out, it came out the following Thursday and went to see it on a Wednesday because it's the first time I had a chance to do it. And everyone was on the edge of the seats, everyone was hiding, everyone was ducking, everyone was gasping. And the sound and the score was just amazing. It also, the start of it, um, it starts on day one of the invasion 
of the creatures as a flashback and for first like two minutes where every sound is amplified. I know that happens throughout the films in total, um, but because it, everything's so normal, you're sitting there and you're watching all these noises happening, just going, like, no, 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 be quiet, please be quiet. You're going to scare the monsters when you realise the monsters haven't turned up. And there's so much chat and there's so much noise, like the buttons on the cash register just make such a noise. And the door and the little creaks and like the chains rattling everywhere. It's just like, oh. And then, every, but if there's so much chat in that first 10 minutes that it feels like it's an act on its own. So that is really. <laughs> Um, cool and then that puts you completely at ease and it's just the fact that you're sitting there and you're watching normal life move and everyone's just happy and everyone's just going about their normal day's business on a Saturday just being like oh yeah yeah we're going to watch baseball we're going to the grocery store we're going to the park we're having a barbecue we're just chatting and listening to the radio yeah that's cool and you do kind of miss that you know because we've all been locked indoors for the last 18 months so you do miss the fact that you know Normal life used to be like that for all of us. So that is pretty special when you see that. And that's the first 10 minutes. Is it 10, 10, 15 minutes of the film? And it's amazing. I mean, you go back to where we left off from the first one, which if you've not seen the first one, um, I'll explain it. Um, it's when um, they've worked out that they can kill the monsters with her hearing implant and noise affects them that they can shoot them and that they've got to go on this journey because now they're on their own with the baby um and uh john karatsky's uh, character is dead so that's so first part is before we arrival and then it's the and then the next part is basically part two and part three at the same time because as much as emily blunt still is brilliant and she's the connection for all these films and it's just stunning um as much as she's good she's got less heavy lifting she's left behind but she's got to do with her emotions and everything that's happened in the past uh, and she's got to look after those children there but the third act which is also happening at the exact same time as the second act is her daughter going off with killian murphy to go and stop the creatures and save the world with her hearing device and I am a firm believer that this film does not work as much as the film doesn't work without those two kids who are amazing. The film doesn't work if we don't have no other addition in Killian Murphy. Um, I've sat here for years upon years talking about how Killian Murphy deserves so much better. Like I remember being about 12 and seeing the trailer for 28 Days Later, which I've still not watched. Me and my sister are saving it for Vegan Horror Nights. Um, um, yeah, I remember watching the trailer and going, hmm. That looks odd. I'm never going to see that. But that guy looks hot. That guy looks good. And he looks like he's probably acting in this. And my mum being like, ah, oh, no, no, no. You won't like that film. You don't like horror. I was like, yeah, that's true. She's like, oh, and you won't. That guy, that guy will just disappear. He's in an indie film. It's not going to make it. I've sat here for years and I've watched Killian Murphy grow and just go like, yes, 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 yes. And then about in season three of Pinky Blinders, suddenly the world went, Killian Murphy guy is quite good. Well, what is he not in more stuff? He's like, he's been in everything for the last 10, 15 years. You're only just realising it now. So the world then sat there going, ah, Tommy Shelby. And I was sitting there going, like, I've been going on about this man for over a decade. So don't you dare all sit there and claim that he's yours when I've been saying it, when I've been watching Red Eye and going, because let's be honest, if you're going to be trapped on a plane with a psycho killer, it may as well be Killian Murphy, mightn't it? Um, so, 
Yeah, I've been talking about him for years and this film just proves it because it's, he's this kind of, he acts in a way where you always want to trust him, but you're never sure you can because of the roles he plays. So he's always playing someone that's a bit dodgy, a bit dark, a bit like he will stab you in the back in a minute, but do it in the most loving way. And you just watch it and you feel in complete control and calm when he's on screen. Even when it's horrendous and it's horror and he's sitting there and he's either telling you all to shut up or scream at you to run or jump over something or he's near death or someone's dying or he's got to save someone. You always just feel that it's going to be okay because he will always either stop it or try to save you or will leave you because there's nothing else he can do. And you just believe that you're in safe hands and the film feels like it's in safer hands that no offense to John. John is a good actor, but he's a better director so as much as he had to have that fatherly relationship in the first one and sacrifice himself, again, sorry, spoiler, but if you've not seen the first one, why are you here? You know this is about a quiet place by now. Um, so it's he's a better director, so he, need, he needed to be in more control of everything. And by having a really strong actor come in and not be the father figure, but be the help and the support and continue the story and to just make it feel more authentic. It just brings so much more life to it. Um, I, the, the moments of absolute silence actually give you goosebumps because um, it's worse than the score. The score is beautiful. So all the noises in it because every single one you think, yeah, yeah, I just made a weird noise on a podcast. Do I care? No. Um, you all, you all made those noises as well. Um, but the moments of silence make you scared more so than when anything else is going on. Um, once the film finished, um, everyone was just kind of sitting there in the cinema going, breathe and breathe. Everyone was on the edge of a still, it was still so stressful. And the last shot of the film is actually the perfect shot. It couldn't have ended any other way. I was kind of hoping how it would end and then it does but it doesn't get oh I don't want to say anything more but it, if, if that's it that's the perfect way to end it if there will be more which there could possibly be because I've heard that there's rumors that there could possibly be more or spin-offs or something linked to it um then that's a good thing for that to go off which makes sense um it's one of those where the 97 minute runtime is perfect amount of runtime because your your adrenaline is up here. My Fitbit actually was like, "Are you okay? You've been very stressed for the last 90 minutes." When I left the cinema, I was like, "No, no, I'm watching a quiet place." And then to go home and watch Simon B and Bake Off, where actually just added more stress to it. it would have been better watching Roman Grosjean on Drive to Survive or Man on Fire. Um, but it's just so stressful. But it's such an adrenaline rush, and when it's over, you do just want to breathe and go. <sighs> And you want to scream. And some of the deaths are quite artistic. Some of them are quite gory. But there's one accident that happens which is absolutely, oh, you you couldn't look at it, but you had to look at it. It was so horrible because you knew something worse was going to happen because of it. And the tension that it built was just, oh. It was amazing. And I had this conversation with one of my friends. One of the friends introduced me to it and said I should have watched the first one all those years ago. And she came out of it. She would get, and we were chatting about it on Zoom and 
she's had a lot of stuff going on in her life recently, but she was like, oh, but I went to the cinema this week and I watched Cruella and I watched A Quiet Place Part 2. Have you seen that yet? And I went, yeah, what did you think? She went, oh, my God, it was amazing. And she talked about this moment with this accident and she had the exact same opinion of me. And she loves all sorts of horror. She really does. And she sat there and she was like, I couldn't look at it, but I had to because I needed to know. And she's not a, she loves Emily Blunt. She's not a big Killian Murphy fan, but she sat there and she was like, I understand now what you're saying about Peaky Blinders and stuff like that. And she'd watched, and I, she'd watched um, Red Eye afterwards to see Killian Murphy actually talk more and be a bit more sinister. And she went, I can understand why you love him in these kind of films. Like, yeah, yeah, that's good. It's more like psychological horror because he is a psychological horror person. So she really loved it. And because she was going to recommend it to me again, I was like, it was it was number four. Was it number four on my list for the year? No, no, it was number five. I'm sorry about that. Why were you number five? What came above you? Oh, uh, fair enough. Mission Impossible, June, No Time to Die, and Black Widow. That's understandable. Um, so yeah, that's what happened with that. So yeah, but no, she really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed it, and. Everyone is sitting there going, if you watch it all as a three-hour one film, you're going to be ruined by the end of it, and you're going to be so knackered, but you're going to have one hell of a ride. And of all the people that went to see that, the back-to-back -back version in the cinema, good on you. That's very brave, and it's also very scary. <laughs> um, but I really think that if you enjoyed the first one slightly, you'll love the second one. And... If you've not seen the first one, watch the first one. Be brave, because I was. I don't think I'd like it. And I'm sitting there going um, to announce that the Qu A Quiet Place Part 2 is actually my first contender of the year for the Golden Buzzer. It hasn't been hit yet. Um, for those of you who don't know what a Golden Buzzer is, it's who's watched... If you've all watched Britain's Got Talent, you'll know that when you go through, you get put into a what's it and then a semi-final and then the final. Um, but each judge and the presenters have an opportunity to hit a golden buzzer, which means you go straight through to a semi-final and you don't have to go through any more heats or any more reviews or anything else. In fact, you're given the best spot in that semi-final that no one else that gets a golden buzzer will be in it. So you hit that once and once you've done it, you can't take it back. So once a year... I hit my golden buzzer to announce what film of the year is going to be. It has to be a film I've seen at the cinema. And A Quiet Place is the only film so far that is a contender for being the golden buzzer winner. Um, normally at this point of year, when it's normal year, there's a lot more that are. Um, but And one so far is pretty good. That's also why this is my main review, because then um, when we get back to it later on in the year, we can talk about that and go, like, oh, oh, she went for this, oh, she went for that over Quiet Place. So that's why I thought I should talk about that a bit more. Um, so I seriously recommend that you all go and, if you're up to it, watch a Quiet Place. I understand this isn't going to be everyone's cup of tea, but if you like horror and you watch the first one, You've probably already seen it, and I'm I'm preaching to the converted already. Um, but if not, give it a go, please. It's better than the first. You know the backstory. You know how it all feels, and it's directed brilliantly, and it's edited to within an inch of its life, and it, the sound's so brilliant, and it's a much more of a story than the first one. And the parenting's not as bad as either. <laughs> There's the one thing my sister moaned about in the first one. She sat there in the light in the middle of the afternoon texting me, watching Quiet Place, going, I hate her, this is so scary, I'm texting you, watching it. I was like, I was in dark on my own at 9pm in the evening. She went, 
Yeah, that's a good point. And then she texted me for it. And all she could do was talk about that nail and the bad parenting and that it ended in a weird way. Um, but she's looking forward to seeing the second one. She'll probably, when that's probably out, she'll probably come around here to watch it. So good luck to her for that. Well, good luck for me for coping with her with that future Emily. Um, so, yeah, please, if you've not already, go and watch A Quiet Place and get the goosebumps over your shoulders and down the back of your spine and just watch something that has so been worth the wait. And that is that for Fortnite. Thank you all once again for joining me. Uh, you know where to find me by now is popcornfor1.co.uk on Instagram and Twitter. It is popcorn underscore four underscore one. Um, hopefully I'll be able to produce an episode for a fortnight's time. I'm saying that um, because obviously um, at the moment the Euros have now started. We're, we're a good way through it. Um, everyone will know who's in the uh, round 16 by the time you all listen to this on Wednesday. Um, and the following two weeks is also Wimbledon um, there's two things that I like to follow and watch uh, so it, I'm hoping to get an episode out by the 7th of July um, even if it is a short one we're literally saying I've seen two films this week it's blah and blah this is number one and that's that so that's my plan um, if not it'll then be a, ah I'm not here uh, it'll be the following week or it'll be the following day but you will, I will let you know on Twitter beforehand uh, Instagram I gave you my Instagram which was at popcorn underscore four underscore one which is the same as twitter and that's also where i'm posting my mini reviews going forward um but until the 7th of july i hope you all look after yourselves i know we've got another four more weeks of this but we can really do it now we've come so far we've reached so high and we'll look each day and night in the eye just like take that and never forget soon this will all just be someone else's dream and it'll all be over and we'll all be able to see each other and we'll all be back together. But until then, look after yourselves, get vaccinated, keep your social distance and enjoy some good films while you do it. Look after yourselves. This is Popcorn for One Sign and off. See you in a fortnight. Bye.